On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, the dudes are talking all things Mando, but before they get there, they're going to hit a new toy coming to the Black Series line. Some information coming out of the Kylo comics that may blow your mind. A new edit made to A New Hope, in particular, the Han Solo shot second scene that's going to make you go, McClunky! Some insights into what Princess Leia's role was going to be in Tross, and boy, are you going to be sad. It's not going down. Some thoughts from Daisy on Tross, in particular Dark Ray. JJ feeling freer while making Episode 9. And of course, like I said, The Mandalorian, Episode 1, Easter eggs and a breakdown of its key moments and insights into what may be happening. But before we leave, we'll also be doing the top five. That's right. The Star Wars Fan Artist Features of the Week. Coming up on the primetime episode of the Star Wars Time Show. Cue the music. Welcome back to, you heard it, the primetime version of the Star Wars Time Show. I don't know what the hell that guy was talking about. He sure as hell was taking his time. But Nick and I are here, and we're shot out of a cannon. Why? Well, because it's happy the Mandalorian motherfucking day, right? woo The Mandalorian is here. here. Disney Plus has launched. That's right, buddy. We both got up extra early to watch (laughs) it before we went to work. All the videos are out there, so please check them out if you haven't checked them out as you're listening. But before we get there, this is the primetime version of the Star Wars Time Show. We've got some other Star Wars news to get through because that's what we do, right? There's always time for Star Wars time, and we're here to tell you what you need to know. So starting off, Nick, we got a pretty cool reveal for a new exclusive Black Series figure coming to GameStop in 2020. And it's none other than Jedi Knight Revan as depicted in Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. Yeah, JKR for you guys that are in the Swago community. I don't have them unlocked yet because I'm a slow progression piece of shit, but you know what? It's okay because I know that eventually, years down the road, I will have both JKR and Darth Revan. But yeah, this figure is modeled after Swago's uh, Jedi Knight Revan, the white tunic, the brown armor, the brown leather armor, the brown sash, and then of course you have the the legendary, um, you know, Jedi Knight Revan mask. And I mean, this is just one of those figures that I've said it with every Revan that I've ever featured on the top five, and I'll say it for every Revan that ever gets featured on the top five. Revan is just one of those things where you see it, it just fucking grabs you immediately. He's such a yeah. cool looking character. He owns. I mean, he he he's copping that Mando helmet. And this one's even different than than Darth Revan. Than Darth, yeah. Uh, but they still opted the full rubber fucking headpiece like the, the Darth Revan has, which is odd. But hey, whatever. And we talked about robes before with these Black Series, and sometimes putting the hoods on is a big circle jerk. So I guess <laughs> sometimes when they're just molded on, it's better. But you really lose a lot of articulation. So for toy photography sometimes these guys are hard but yeah i mean this, this is a great figure was it hit in february 2020 in gamestop you can actually go and pre-order them now on gamestop and while you're there there's also another one to grab from gamestop and that is a what, what are they calling this one a, a the battle heavy, heavy battle droid a heavy battle droid i didn't even know those fucking existed but yeah i guess they do 
and you can grab one at GameStop. I mean, he he's kind of got the Geonosian paint scheme, but yeah. he's got some black in there. Yeah, he's got. He's also it's basically a B1 Battle Droid variant, except he's got a big ass gun. So if you look at the uh, the accessories that come with him, he does have a pretty fucking large, like not even blaster rifle or pistol. Dude, you know what that, cannon. Now that I look at that gun. That's a first order heavy trooper gun. Oh yeah, we've seen those in the in the films and in uh, the that, that that has no place in the Clone Wars <laughs> era. So is this implying that there may be some B ones in, in the in the new trilogy? It could be. I mean, you saw one very stealthily in the background of the um you know, yeah, of that's the trailer. Right. The, the the latest trust trailer there's yeah. one. So I mean, do we get to the point where like the resistance is in such like deep disarray that they're just fucking or disarray that they're just taking like they got salvage battle droids we can use. Just yeah, I, I mean, guns. who knows that or that or the first order. I, I mean, that, that's a first order weapon for sure. But yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe it's a mishmash of of pieces. Hasbro's just trying to unload some unpurchased material. But I, I just noticed that that was weird. But hey. Anyways, GameStop, both of these are up for pre-order. Unfortunately, they're 25 bucks, and you can't get them shipped to stores. So, yes, you are going to get it through the nose. Uh, I believe my bill was 60-ass dollars for these two fuckers. There you go. <laughs> uh, but, hey, that's the beauty of GameStop, and that's why they're going out of business. Oh. <laughs> All right, so moving into our next topic here. <clears throat> these Kylo comics, brother, I mean, we've pledged we're going to read them. We also pledged we are going to read the Luke Force book, which is out now, and neither one of us have bought it or read it. So (laughs) that goes to show you what our pledges are worth, my friends. (laughs) I just, I actually forgot that that book released until I saw a Twitter post about it earlier today. Yeah, me too. So, so, I mean, I'm probably going to order it, and then I'm actually going to be in star wars land next week everybody my my trip to disney is is oh, going shit. down that's, it's here already yeah it is so i'll be making my own lightsaber at savvy's workshop and and living it up in galaxy's edge next week and i and i may have this book waiting for me when i get back so are, to are you saying i have to hunt or... down another co-host already oh you might have to yeah I mean. Uh-oh. <laughs> this guy's on fucking vacation every other week this is the worst time for me to go on vacation too because i work in marketing and i'm gonna be on vacation the week before black friday so <laughs> oh my god dude in the middle of mando run and star wars madness too yeah anyways uh, oh. back to the kylo comic but we got a a pretty big revelation i mean we're already have gotten an, uh, one other big revelation i think we talked about it last week or two casts ago where i mean we, we it's established that the knights of ren existed before kylo ren uh, but now it's being confirmed through this comic, and I believe it's going to be the second issue, but uh, some of Luke's students, if not all of them, survived. Yeah, I mean, we just basically assumed that either the students of Luke's Academy who survived ended up becoming the Knights of Ren when we thought that Kylo started them, or they were just all dead because we never hear about the students post destruction of his jedi academy by kylo and we never hear of them in the movies we like they're not even referenced by luke when he's on acto so the fact that they're alive and not only alive but they're chasing down kylo because they think luke is dead so here's the synopsis where we got it from Uh, this comes from the comic with the new Jedi school in ruins and fellow students hot on his trail for the murder of their master, Ben Solo flees to the only friend he has left in the galaxy, a man named Snoke. Yeah, I mean, 
that's a huge thing. But I assume, I mean, like it's, I guess it's pretty safe to assume that Kylo probably kills these motherfuckers. Yeah, like, I didn't say that <laughs> these dudes probably aren't long for the galaxy. Yeah, dudettes. But it it was an interesting revelation for sure. I mean, one that. We all just kind of assume that they were all killed or co-opted into the Knights of Ren, which, I mean, we established now that that definitely wasn't the case. But now the second comic, I think it's the same one, really, that had that cover we were talking about, confirms that definitely these other Jedis, the ones that were in school with Ben, were not all wiped out. And yes, they tried to pursue him as he was feeling his oats or or feeling his way towards the dark side. Yeah. Do you think that... that Ben was that kid in school that everybody hated because he was like related to the teacher. Do you yeah, think that totally. they're like, oh, I mean, he's it, fucking, he's and he was gifted, so I mean, yeah. they, they probably thought he was an asshole, maybe like, show off, cocky. Yeah, he's or just a Luke's weirdo because he probably nephew. was sitting there like having Snoke in his head half the time, and we're probably gonna learn it was all Palpatine's design anyways, and this poor damn kid's been a puppet before he was even born. Uh, but yeah, I don't. I don't think Kylo probably had many friends. As no, kid. Yeah, they were. They were these fellow students going after him were probably pretty happy to go try to cut up Ben Solo. But um, it is a cool revelation because again, this is one of those things where the the large majority of the fandom was under the assumption that these kids were dead and that we would never get any stories told about them unless we go to like pre, you know. I guess you would say, you know, pre-TFA timeline when this academy was still up and running, you see young Ben, but now, you know, we're going to get some stories told about these surviving, hopefully a little bit of story told about these surviving Jedi in this upcoming comic hey, man, they, they could show up in Ryan Johnson's film for all we know. I mean, they the could. way Bob's talking these days, Star Wars movies are over forever because they're special and, and we don't need them every year and all this other happy Yeah, Iger, Iger, maybe once Feige gets in there and he's like, Listen here, Bobby. I know you fucked up with the solo release, but let take it from me, somebody who headed up your entire yeah, Marvel exactly. Cinematic Universe, and not only did we release one movie a year, we sometimes release three movies a year. I'm um, telling you right now, the more you read about Bob Iger, he's a fucking cocksucker. It's he. he I, I, he's yeah. probably being sensational out trying to sell his book and shit, but he just sounds like the typical white, CEO in a suit, especially in Hollywood, yeah. where he's like, oh, I, I've seen the Mandalorian episodes like three or four times, once to give my notes, the second time to see if they implemented my notes, and the third time just to enjoy it. It's like, who the fuck are you? It's like, dude, you... you who the Bob. fuck is Bob Iger? I mean, I, I don't know. I could be... I'm talking out of my ass. Maybe he's made a bunch of films back in the day, and that's why he is where he, he is, but... To me, I think he's probably just been an executive his whole life. Yeah, I mean, I don't know his background, but I I would say let the people who make the movies make the movies. I mean, he is CEO and, and chairman of the entire Disney group. Yeah, so, yeah. like, he wasn't really involved. Like, obviously, he, he has involvement in all yeah, of Yeah, Bob, that. you worry about the fucking stockholders, <laughs> asshole. Yeah, like, don't worry about the narratives and, and the creatives. I mean, it, what the fuck? And it's not just Bob. They all do it. It's all these guys because it's just like, hey, it's my money. It's my money, even though it's not really his money. It's the company's money, but my money. I'm the one putting it up. I should have creative control. It's like, no. It's like, no. What? Let let Filoni and fucking Favreau do what they do, all right, you fucking asshole? Yeah. Or we're going to end up with shit like this, which is our next topic. 
<laughs> and, and this is brand new today. Nick Nick dug this one up. You know, Disney Plus is now available, and with Disney Plus means we've got all the Star Wars movie on there except <laughs> TLJ and Tross. So uh, someone today, instead of going right to the Mandalorian episode one, which Nick and I did, someone decided to fire up an, a new hope. You know, why not? It's the movie that started it all. But as they're watching it, they get to the cantina scene, in particular the exchange between Greedo and Han, and they find there's been another edit. <laughs> and look, when I first, because like I hadn't obviously watched it, I got up at 7 a.m. Central Time because that's when it released Central Time. And I did what Matt said. I signed up. I got my bundle. I watched The Mandalorian and I got ready to go to work. But this guy watched it all the way through and I was like, oh, did they change it? Did they make it to where Han shot? It was the only one who shot again, didn't shoot first. It was the only one to shoot. Han shot first. Is that it? No. What did they add? They gave Greedo a parting word to the galaxy as he dies. And Matt, what, what, what would you think his final word would be other than McClunky? Yeah, well, that's exactly what I was thinking it would be. Because why not? Everyone knows that a Rodian says McClunky when he's pissed <laughs> off, right? It's just so ridiculous. I mean, it's commonplace. It, yeah. It's canon. McClunky. It, it's a McClunky. I mean, if you've McClunky. ever... I just like saying it now. It's like it's stuck. <laughs> McClunky. It's like Tourette so much. McClunky. It's just, it, you know, you remember the little Rodian kid and TPM said McClunky a couple right. of times when he was on screen. And if you it go back right and after watch... the other one said, oh, that was wizard, Anakin. The, the guy goes, McClunky. <laughs> oh, man. Check it out. He's not lying. Check it's it out. Just... It's in the behind the scenes. It's just so right, weird. It, okay, dude, now that you brought it up, we want to make something perfectly clear, and this has already been cleared up by Pablo Hidalgo on Twitter. This edit is a remnant of the Lucas yeah. edits. This is something George wanted in there, my friends. He, they were doing it. I don't know if you remember back in the day before, I think it was right before Disney bought it, he put Phantom Menace back out in theaters as 3D. Yeah, And the and he plan was, was to make them all 3D, but that kind of fizzled after TPM, and then he sold. So this was a planned edit by the maker himself. So those of you that kind of still go back to like, hey, Disney's fucking killing Star Wars. I'm here to remind you once again, George himself was trying to do that by himself before he sold to Disney. He just can't leave this scene alone. Like It's all because he, he felt bad afterwards because, you know, Han would never shoot someone without being threatened. It's like, fuck you. Sure he would. Yeah, it's like, look, if... If you know Han's background, he grew up in the underworld. He was a seedy motherfucker. Like he, that was actually, he actually remedied that. It was funny because if you watch Solo, like you get that remedy. Like Kasdan and Kasdan, the Kasdan boys, son and father, remedied that when he blasted fucking uh, Beckett. Like yeah, didn't didn't even miss a beat. Just straight up blasted. And but for some reason, like George is under this assumption that like, oh, you know, he's good at heart. So Han would never shoot somebody without being provoked or having to defend himself. But like at this time, he wasn't like at the beginning of A New Hope, at the beginning of episode four, like Han is literally one step away from a bounty hunter. <laughs> like this motherfucker does. He takes he takes smuggling jobs. He hides shit from the from government officials. Like he does everything he can to be a seedy motherfucker, and like that includes if he's about to get turned into the hut cartel, blasting some motherfucker that's got a bounty on him. Like it it fits along with the character. But yeah, I mean now the way that I put it, actually I didn't even you know 
I apparently wasn't the first person to say this, but Greedo now has his rosebud line. So if you've ever seen Citizen Kane, you know, <laughs> that's that's Greedo's rosebud is McClunky. McClunky! <laughs> it's the way he says it, too. I mean, Nick will have it linked in the post shell for this cast. You, you got to watch it because that makes it even better. I mean, I'm over-embellishing it a little bit, but not much. I mean, he literally goes, McClunky! Yeah. And it's, it's like this <laughs> random bolt comes out of his shoulder. <laughs> To, to make it look like he shot first. And, you know, Han still is just sitting there, doesn't even flinch because Greedo didn't shoot first. Yep. And he blasts him. Yeah. Uh, Fucking smokes him under the table. I, I always liked that scene as a little kid. I was like, yeah. It's like, this I like, I don't know how. He, but he literally just turned that guy into a smoking dude. I mean, yeah, he uh, barbecued. <laughs> yeah, he was just like, <laughs> right under the table, just fricasseed him. It's yeah. like, all right. I mean, and there's been some fun. Obviously, this has gotten around the fucking internet. Like, it's so crazy to think that this this one guy, Eric Fell, is the person who found it at Eric Fell on on Twitter, and he's like, he's an internet guy. He's only got 1,600 followers, but he wrote for Mr. Science Theater 3000, and he's got some other like, you know, writing credits, podcasts, stuff like that. But this thing made its way around the internet, like Patton Oswalt. Obviously, yeah, this it's, guy's right like, now it's at four hundred ten thousand views. The the Twitter video. It, it's it's fucking crazy how how much this McClunky. Is <laughs> what <laughs> the fuck? People just for some reason it makes me think of Macaulay Culkin now, dude. If you like, when I was searching Twitter mention of of McClunky on on Twitter, like just typing it in, Macaulay Culkin was second in the search bar. <laughs> See, <laughs> like there you was, go. <laughs> even fucking Twitter was like, don't you mean Macaulay Culkin? I was like, no, man. I'm talking about fucking Greedo. All right, let's let's get. I that like shirt. this one. If you paid attention to the extended Star Wars canon, you would know that McClunky is Greedo's partner who is one week from retirement when Han killed him. Yeah, the line is a devastating rebuke. <laughs> <laughs> Again, McClunky man, I, was the name of Greedo's childhood sled. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's perfect, dude. It's perfect. Oh boy. Okay. Well, hey, George is always good for a laugh, I guess. Yeah. But Jesus, man, McClunky. Just let Han shoot first. It's fine. All right. Moving into some uh, current stuff here, in particular Tross. We've got a few Tross pieces to talk to before we get into the Mando extravaganza. And the first one here, it's it's kind of a doozy just because of, I think a lot of us expected something like this if Carrie was still here. But now to actually hear it from her brother, Todd Fisher, just it, it just bummed me out even more, Nick. And that's the fact that, uh, last week, Todd came out and kind of revealed what Princess Leia's role would have been in Tross, and I don't think it really surprised Nick and I. We we were speculating how she would have been the main and probably would have came in at the end and done something with Kylo, but Todd pretty much confirmed here, and he says, he was talking to Yahoo, she was going to be the big payoff in the final film. She was going to be the last Jedi, so to speak. That's cool, right? So essentially... Leia was just going to come out of nowhere as a essentially a fully trained Jedi with her own lightsaber. Yeah, I mean, this has been something that was hinted at in the, in the comic series, I believe, as as well. That like she she was trained by by Luke, like she was trained in the ways of the Force well, by even Luke. Before. Based on some of the leaks we read. Yeah, true. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We you know, there's some things like that in there just, as just well. Wink, so. wink. Uh, you know, <laughs> wink, wink in an audible sense, my friends. Yeah, um, but. I mean, this would have been exactly, like you said, this would have been exactly what we're looking for. Like, they, they, he said that she would have shown up at a key point in the film 
And she yeah. would have wielded a lightsaber versus the First Order. Like, that was her play. I, I'm almost thinking it would have been maybe her and Kylo would have had a battle and he might have taken her out and then that might have been what snapped him back. Yeah, it could have been. I mean, like, there we're... Instead of what it may be now. Yeah. I mean, I'm we're saying. all kind of angling to see what this turning moment is going to be for Kylo. I mean, yes, if you've read the leaks and you probably have a, an idea... But that would have been a perfect moment. It's like if he, if they actually get into a lightsaber fight and he strikes her down, and that was his. And not so much, fuck. you know, like cut her in half, or but yeah, just weakened her enough with his anger that you know, just her frailty and whatnot, being out in space, finally caught up to her and she she passed. But and that that would have been like the oh no. Yeah, I mean the only other thing, and I always like to look on the good side with Kylo is that like the only other thing that I could have thought of is if it was at the 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 end towards the end of the movie then what would have been real fucking dope is like kylo is he either just got no fight with ray he just got no fight with the emperor or something like that like he's beaten like he is he is on the ground he is you know defeated and then his mother come finds him comes up to him awakens him and then they fight together like they both yeah wield yeah I, I feel that, like that or or she comes in at a key moment and like drops her blade right before kylo gets his head caught cut off or something yeah like you think it's ray and then it fucking pans up yeah, and it pans it's up and it, it's fucking mommy and she's decked out in her own tunic looking like a pimp oh man i mean yeah, this i, I mean just, jesus dude it just all you have to do is, is is visualize this and it's like oh my god man carrie passing really 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 fucked this shit up yeah i mean it it definitely derailed the storyline for princess leia but like you know if we know some things that are going to happen obviously we know that there are some good plot points and work for both leia and for kylo in this movie so have no fear there but yeah i mean todd fisher basically coming out and and saying that you know, the last Jedi wasn't referring to fucking Luke or Ray. It was referring to right. Leia. Like, that's holy shit. Right. Ray's. I mean, and it would have made sense because I think we're still under the assumption that Ray is not a Jedi. Yeah. I mean, she's the new, the new breed. Yeah. Whatever I mean, the, she's it, a Skywalker, if you will. Yeah. If you, like, Luke doesn't say at the end of TLJ, like, I am not the last Jedi. She is, like, Ray is. He just says, I am not the last Jedi. And that's almost reminiscent of of Yoda in in episode five saying like you know there is another when when Obi Wan says you know well what are we gonna do now basically he's like don't worry there's another one and he was probably referring to his sister in, in TLJ so um, yeah I mean, it's it's sad every time we, we we talk about Carrie and talk about Leia's role in this movie it's you know there's you can't kind of avoid the conversations of what you know what could have been and and what was going to happen but um i have faith that that jj is going to be able to pull off some magnificent things here with with leia in this film yeah i do too i mean todd even mentioned that jj and his, his engineer somehow got eight minutes of footage from tfa repurposed it and it's in this and he, he says it really works well so I mean, it is what it is. That's what we get, and we pretty much have a whole new story being told in Episode Nine. So we're never really going to know exactly how this trilogy was supposed to play out, but we are going to get how it's supposed to play out now, and that's good enough for me. So, yeah. 
Uh, sticking with the trust stuff, Nick, uh, I'll kind of let you lead on these, but Daisy and JJ were talking to, I think it was a total film, and then total we got film. some of this through Games Radar. Uh, but yeah, Daisy was kind of riffing on Darth Ray. Yeah, Darth Ray is one of those things that, that everybody has kind of attracted themselves to after seeing, um, you know, one of the first Trost trailers where you get that, that, that scene of her, that she flips out the fucking double-bladed lightsaber and people freak out about it. So um, apparently, like, during the early stages of filming for this movie, it was brought up to her that, like, hey, this is going to happen. What do you think? And she immediately was attracted to it. So she said... Um, it was fucking awesome. That's her direct quote. <laughs> I, doubt, I don't believe that. Daisy's a lady. She would never say that. That's true. That's true. She, you know that she won't use bad language. There's no way. Um, and then she continues. She said, I already had an amazingly emotional story. But when Darth Ray was pitched, I was like, that sounds amazing. It's fun to do something a bit different. Um, and then she kind of goes on to talk about how, you know, for her character she really hasn't seen the duality that you typically see in star Wars where like star Wars characters are pulled between the dark and the light, you know, Luke Skywalker had, had that, you know, that confrontation in, in the original trilogy towards the end in ROTJ. I mean, we know that happened with Anakin Uh, and then you can see that this, this duality kind of throughout the, the entire saga, um, but for Ray, I mean, the closest that she got was really, you know, she goes into like the, the, the dark side cave of sorts on Acto, but it was really never a no. dark side, you know, type of well, moment. She, she like, saw echoes of herself. And even, I mean, this is the even clearer case that Ray has not felt the pull at all. When they're in Snoke's throne room and he gets her, he's like, Yep, you are a good one. I can't fucking break you, so I'll just let you die, right? I mean, yeah, that's like, not what he says, but that that was the gist of it. Like, nope, yeah, you're, oh, the truest of Jedi, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, I can tell you're not going to fucking turn or do anything, so fuck you. I'll yeah. go back to Ben. No time wasted on that one, so she wasn't going to crack. So, I mean, the, the, the last bit of her quote is um, kind of talking about that theme, the good and evil theme. She says, the whole of Star Wars is about good and evil. With every character, you see some struggle. So in a way, no, it's because the most human thing to see someone struggle with two things. Oh, wow. She, she really phrased this weird. It's the most human thing to see someone struggle with two things within them that are pulling them both ways. It's a little weird, but if you understand why someone is going on the journey, you will be on the journey regardless. So hopefully you're shocked in a fun way. But you're also emotionally with her. It's so. basically a, a press junket circle jerk answer right there. <laughs> yeah, I know. She was <laughs> like, like I can't tell you shit. Bloody, bloody, booty, body, bloody, humanity. Yeah. Everyone loves each other. She was like, look, just just stay with Ray through the good and the bad. That's that's basically what she's saying here. <laughs> but yeah, like she's essentially saying that this is Ray's, this movie will contain Ray's journey and her struggle with the darkness because we really haven't seen that yet from her. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see. So this whole dark side, right? Darth Ray, um, you know, concept coming to life in Tross and, and whether we are going to see Ray truly struggling with the dark side or if it's going to be like, you know, passing moments or, or dark thoughts, something like that. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. see. 
Oh man, everybody who read the leaks out there is like, oh, I, I know it's so hard for me to fucking pretend anymore, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. It's, I know. it's like I fucking hate myself. I've tried to forget about it all, but I've I've poisoned the movie for myself. It's tough. I mean, just reading the the bits that I read and not even having read the full acts two and three. Right, but it, it's, like but I said, like, it's yeah. all coming back to you. As yeah. much as you try to bury it, it still comes back. It, it doesn't is. matter, it's man. Like we fucked it up. It's. I try to repress the the memories. We of we McClunkied it. it. <laughs> McClunky. That's exactly that's exactly what fucking yeah, happened. Yeah, essentially, if Nick and I were sitting across from each other, we'd both at the same time do a McClunky and blow each other away. That's yeah. how we feel about reading the leaks. Yeah, it was pretty fucking bad. It'd be a double McClunky. See you later, Star Wars <laughs> time show. Yeah. Oh man. So that was kind of Daisy's bit on on you know episode nine and the Darth Ray slash Dark Ray. Uh, potential that we could see in that movie. Um, next up, we have another piece from Press Junket, again from Total Film, and this time it's it's from J.J. himself, the the two-time director of Star Wars, so we know that he's done McClunky. TFA. And he may pull a McClunky in Tross here, too. I mean, we know that we got a lot of fighting going on. <laughs> Fucking McClunky, I, dude. That, I might... If I have another kid, I'm gonna name it McClunk. Just get, make it the middle name. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, look, this is your. You don't need to know what it means. L- but uh, I'll call him Gree, Gree, Creed <laughs> McClunky Haywood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's perfect. And that Anyways, was back to JJ McClunk. Yeah. So JJ again talking to Total Film about really he was kind of comparing his experiences between TFA and Tross. So. Um, in his discussion with Total Film, um, he basically said that on Tross, on TFA, he, he went in and he was being himself and he was being a filmmaker that he has, you know, he has been in the past, but he also felt, I don't want to say a reverence, but he felt like he had to kind of work within a box a little bit. He, he said that he wanted to kind of make these films or make Tross seem, familiar to the original trilogy so this is what his quote was he said on this one i let myself be at least in the way i was approaching the thing freer so he felt freer on episode nine than he did seven in episode seven i was adhering to a kind of approach that felt right for star wars in my head it was about finding a visual language like shooting on location and doing practical things as much as possible and we continue that in episode nine, but I also found myself doing things that I'm not sure I would have been as daring to do on episode seven. So basically saying that like I played it safe in episode seven. And that was kind of one of the biggest, if there was criticisms around TFA, it was that he played it safe, that it felt very OT, very a new hopish. And now, you know, Thanks to one person in particular that that JJ calls out in his next quote, he didn't feel like he needed to do that. So this is him talking about um, who his inspiration was to get outside of the box. Uh, Ryan, a.k.a. Ryan Johnson. Yeah, there you go. How do you like that, people? (laughs) Yeah. Help. Uh, they're probably like, yeah, right, he's lying. Yeah. They're like, Disney told him to say it. Disney fucking got in his head. (laughs) He needs to save Ryan's ass. But this is J.J. Abrams' direct quote to Total Film. Uh, Ryan, help me, help remind me that that's why we're on these movies, not to just do something that you've seen before. 
I won't say that I felt constrained or limited on seven, but I found myself wanting to do something that felt more consistent with the original trilogy than not. And on nine, I really don't think he's bullshitting there. I mean, I don't. A yeah. lot of people, you got to remember, these guys are artists first and foremost. And if you know any artist in your life, or if you're an artist yourself, you know how this shit works, right? I mean, they're creatives. Yeah. They want to do stuff. They want to try new things. Okay. And and look, I mean. JJ was dubbed by the maker like you are to follow up for me like Disney owns this now but I am essentially handing you Excalibur like here you take this and it is now on you to introduce Star Wars to an entire new generation of people and that's a lot of responsibility I mean that's never been done with anybody before up until that point Star Wars was completely under the thumb of George Lucas from the day that it started in 1977 to the day that he produced the last piece of content for it, which was probably I mean, it still in, is. McClunky. Yeah. I mean, we're still abiding by fucking Lucas with, with these edits on, on D+. But you have, to, you have to imagine that fucking, that J.J. was like, holy shit. Like, I have the responsibility of not only making a Star Wars movie, but making a Star Wars movie that is opening up a trilogy that is going to essentially bring this, this franchise into the future. And I could see why he would play it safe. Like, you know, do I want to go too far outside of the, you know, the mold and and really kind of disrupt everything that Star Wars is just so I can say that I like. Well, he's a daring motherfucker after he saw what happened to Ryan by stepping outside the box a little bit. So, I I mean, hopefully his uh, his gambles and his creative risks here pay off. Yeah, I mean, I I really do trust J.J. Abrams to, to bring home the bacon with his final film. I mean, he essentially made... I'm pretty sure that that TFA is still the highest-grossing domestic movie of all time. Um, domestic as in domestic U.S. If you're listening to us outside of the United States, then then that will vary. We Endgame all, didn't beat it? No, I don't think it did. I'll, I'll do a little bit of box office mojo here because... Go. TFA made almost a billion dollars just domestically. Um, oh my God, Box Office Mojo got bought out by IMDb. What a surprise. Um, let's see. So, The Force. What oh, we got here? Who's making the most money? Is it Endgame or TFA? D- domestic, 936662225 Worldwide. It, it's still number one domestic? And I'm going to look up Endgame right now. You think those assholes would have a link, like a rank system right there? I th- yeah, I know, right? It's weird. It's not. Yeah, it it still has Endgame beat. Endgame well, only they, did eight hundred fifty-eight million. Well, it's probably because Disney bought a bunch of tickets. Fucking Disney stacked the deck in their favor. You know, did you hear that? that that's uh, what happened with Tross now. That they're they're buying up tickets to not to to make it look like people don't want to go. Wow. Yeah. That's okay, so fucking. There's some weird ass fucking theories going around with Disney Star Wars. Like, who who has time to think about that that type of shit? Yeah, that's so. Like, dumb. I want to I think about what the fuck are foundlings and shit. Not, you know, is there some secret plan out there for Disney to buy up Tross tickets so they can make it look like it's it's popular with fans before yeah. the movie? I, I don't know. It's like what the fuck? It's like what? Th- this is all the this is what this is what theories. Star Wars fandoms literally turned into now, where we're putting out oddball theories about 
trillion dollar companies buying up movie theater tickets so they don't look bad. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. But yeah, so it's funny because if you look at the top five gross domestic gross movies of all time, they're all owned by Disney. <laughs> it's well, it's, I mean, dude, at this point, they literally own everything. I mean, yeah. what, what's I think what do we have left? Paramount, Warner Brothers, Lionsgate. Lion, yeah, I mean, like. <laughs> What else and then is just there? like a bunch of small students, like yeah, like exactly Dream, like little Dreamworks ones that, are, that still like need. That. I'm like, talking like the big ass main theater distributors. It's it's Disney, which is Fox now. Like yeah. any any Fox film is essentially Disney, I believe. Uh, I don't know if Fox Searchlight is, but anything that was old Fox, like Stuber, that that's a Disney movie now because that was a Fox project. Yeah, I mean Avatar, which was a Fox movie, is now Disney. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, so I mean, who's left a- outside of Warner's brother, Warner Brothers, Lion Gate, Universal, Gate, Universal's the biggest one probably. Universal and Paramount. Yeah, those are, Universal's the biggest because they still have some pretty hefty franchises under. And them. Sony, of course, Sony has its own deal still yeah cocksuckers that always want to take spider-man away from us i know what bad people but yeah um, it is yeah it is funny because you know when we grew up you had what metro goldwyn meyer like the lion guy yeah i mean there was a ton of fucking movies too united artists orion you remember orion oh i think uh, yeah i remember orion i remember oh man there was i mean honestly give it 10 more years and there's probably only going to be three major studios i mean anyone that goes to business school you've probably learned about the rule of three in pretty much any market in any market over time it's going to come down to three main competitors that's it look at the auto industry airlines everything eventually everything becomes about three wow so it'll be here (laughs) but yeah yeah but anyways man i i mean I think episode nine is going to be fucking fantastic. I think it has potential to be the best Star Wars movie. Yes, I've said it. I mean, think about what it's got behind it. It's it's closing a trilogy, and it's closing three trilogies. And that that's a lot of uh, schutzpah behind it in terms of its potential for storytelling, awesome moments, memorable moments, iconic moments, if you will. Uh, so I'm I'm holding out all hope that this is going to just fucking blow our minds. 100% agree. All right, so getting on to the new boy in town, and that is <laughs> the Mando. He is here, my friends. Episode one is dropped, and yes, it was only 40 fucking minutes. Uh, I think that, honestly, the end was shocking, I think even more shocking, though, Nick, was the fact that the, this is only 40 minutes, and who knows if that's going to be the runtime for the rest of the episodes, yeah. but 40 minutes? That's less than a goddamn network TV show without commercials! It is. I mean, when so when Matt and I were going through our Disney Plus trials and tribulations, like he watched the episode before I could because... My, I was running into the errors and stuff like that that people were running into. Oh, while it, Disney to watch Plus it. is still wonky as fuck. Yeah, today, I mean, like right now, it's it seems to. I jumped on and I watched a couple episodes of Rebels when I got home, so I think it's like it's definitely working better. It's weird. It's <laughs> not your typical just this fucking network is fucked deal. It, it's not like video game fuckage when a big game launches and essentially and the nothing network works. is just clogged. <laughs> yeah, this one's like. It loads, but it's it shows that it's not loading, but it actually is loaded. You just have to hit retry. Yeah, it's very it's, it's weird. weird. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, I think what, like, they have their content servers, and I think their content servers are just 
time, like they time out. And then that's why you hit retry and it's like, oh, okay, it's done. It's very right. I, I mean, I, I've I've watched the first episode two times now. It, it didn't miss a beat. It's only been when I connect to the service, I might get it like, oh, it's unable retry. Yeah, yeah. Or when I was build my profiles, I would hit save and then nothing would save, but it actually would save. Yeah. So it's, it's those kind of issues at this point. Who cares? That, yeah. uh, who gives a about, who gives a shit about that stuff? Disney Plus is here. The Mando's here. Episode one drops. So you know what happened. You know, Nick and I, we sat around, we did a powwow, we watched it. I, I've kept watching it. I did the <laughs> recap and review. I did the Easter eggs. So now we're here to kind of just give our, our breakdown of some key moments. We're going to riff on some of the Easter eggs I brought up in my videos, but if you want to like really get into that type of stuff, you know what to do. Go to YouTube.com, look for Star Wars Time Show, and every, I don't know, it's probably going to be late Friday or maybe early Saturday moving forward, I will have a video out for all the Easter eggs in the new episode of Mando, as well as a recap and review video. So then Nick and I, the next week on the podcast, will then talk about a few of the Easter eggs, good ones. And then really dive into breaking down some of the key moments and shit we can speculate on. Does that sound good, my friends? Okay, good. We didn't really care if it sounded good to you or not. That's how we're doing this. So we are going to start with the Easter eggs. And trust me, this is going to go quick because I found 22, 23 of them. <laughs> 23 Easter eggs. And I knew that this show was going to be nuts. I mean, it is so close to the original trilogy. Plus, it's going to butt up with the new stuff. Plus, it's even mentioning shit from the Age of the Republic. So, I mean, when you got Filoni there and Favreau there, these things are going to be loaded with references and eggs. So hopefully they're not 20 every episode or I may jump off a bridge. But anyways, the way we're going to approach this, I'm just going to start reading them off. If we think they're interesting, we'll dive into them a bit. Otherwise, we're going to say next, skip to the next one. So first up, Right when we're introduced to the man, though, he walks into a bar, Nick, and we hear a dude speaking some Huttese. So that was a nice throwback to yeah. TPM days and Anakin and, you know, uh, what is it, Bantha Poodoo? Yeah, yeah. Bantha Poodoo. That type of shit. So that, that was neat. Uh, kind of a one that may have flown over some of your heads was right after that one, we get a mention of Beskar Steel, yeah. which was first brought up in the Clone Wars, and that is the steel Mandos use for their armor yeah and that's a pretty big this seems to be like a pretty big plot point that's going to revolve it's around almost religious to them right yeah i mean this is a metal that is that is taken from the 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 planet of mandalore itself it's the only place that you can get it which is why the mandalorian armor is so sought after because you cannot get it Anywhere else in the galaxy right. except on Mandalore. And it's da damn near impenetrable. The only thing that can pierce it is a lightsaber. And that's just with like a direct stab. It can actually deflect, deflect it. A a glancing blows of a lightsaber. So it's legit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this stuff is... So keep an eye out for this going forward in the oh, series. Oh, yeah, it, it's going to be huge. And I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit in our breakdown of mm -hmm. some of the key moments. But Beskar definitely is going to drive the series. And I think we now know why he ends up with a fully chrome-looking suit here at some point in time. Yeah, exactly. We got that answered for us. And as always, it wasn't even close to what we were pulling out of our asses <laughs> during our speculation phase on the Mando. But hey, that's the fun in speculating. All right, next up, we've got, I believe the alien species is called a Kobaz, but I essentially yep. said we had a Grindan-looking motherfucker. All right, that was kind of neat. Yeah. 
he he whistles a speeder that when it stops sounds just like Luke's on Tatooine. <laughs> Dude, that that's one thing that I want to call out real quick is that I, I'm glad that they injected some humor. But yes, continue. Yeah, that was funny. That was yeah. funny. He's like, nope, no droids. It's like he's trying to sell it as the new model, and he's like, I don't give a shit. And then that busted ass one rolls up. Yeah, it's like a ta- it's literally a taxi, and the taxi driver's fucking Brian <laughs> Posehn. Like if you know who that is and you're like oh wow i'm glad that they got that guy in here but yeah yeah um we had the next one was another audible egg and that's just the razor crest at this point i think any ship that's struggling (laughs) to take off sounds like the busted ass falcon hyperdrive yep Uh, we got a mention of life day by uh, the mando's first target which was nice yep Another kind of throwaway, there was a Rodian, McClunky! It's McClunky! McClunky was in Carbonite. Yep, yep. There was a woman in Carbonite, too, and I was going to like... There was. It was like a human. She almost looks like Mayor Jade, but I'm not even going to go that way. Yeah, humans feel there were two humans, one Rodian, and then... I don't know. I mean, I should probably know this. But the species of the of the alien that he was tracking, yeah, who the, the fuck blue knows? guy, like I don't know. Fishy looking. I mean, he looked brand new to me, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, clue. he he kind of looked like Abe from fucking uh, um, <laughs> Odd World. No, well, a little bit from Odd World, but from uh, Hellboy, the blue guy, blue fish man, Abe Sapien. Yeah, from Hellboy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he had gills. Remember, those guys wanted to cut him off and sell him or something. Yeah, shit. it was like, his, that, that was, yeah, that was really fun. He, he was a great fucking just random character to get the story started. I know, by dude. The way. Was, I liked it, him, but we'll, we'll save perfect. that. Uh, next up, this one might get a reaction from you collectors out there, but I swear fucking Constable Zuvio is a member of the Bounty Hunter Guild, or he's, he was at least hanging out in their bar because yeah. we got to see his his iconic helmet as the Mando went to go speak to Grief. Now, now, Matt, on this one, I said, like, when we were talking off offline, I was like, I saw something about the Zuvio character offline uh, or on Twitter and stuff like that, and I was like, I have no, like, who is Zuvio? And and you had to tell me. Yeah, yeah. So, so again, Nick, I mean, Nick's my homeboy. He loves the Star Wars, but he's, he's new to all this collecting stuff. Right, I've kind of looped him into this shit when we made the jump from EB to full on Star Wars Time dot net, and you know it, it's kind of paid off for us. It's it's done well. I think some of our most hardcore fans come from the toy photography, toy collecting space. But and Nick had no clue about the legend of Zuvio and, and how <laughs> popular he is because of his peg warming abilities in stores. And the fact that he got a figure made of himself and he never even appeared in The Force Awakens. So he is kind of a a cult hero amongst collectors. There you go. Uh, And that, yeah, that's why Nick was seeing him all around town. He's probably going like, what the fuck's wrong with people in Zuvio? Yeah, I was like, I I had to. (laughs) There it is. Next one here, and this is one of my specialties, the completely random deep cut things that people are probably like, what the fuck? Like, who watches a show like this? But... Grief Karga, when he's trying to make a deal with the Mando, the Mando doesn't want Imperial credits because the Empire's gone. So Grief's like, well, I got some calamari flan for you. There you go. (laughs) Sounds like the Mon Cal started printing their own currency at some point Yeah, they were like, hey, fuck it. Everybody just starts making their own currency after the Imperial credits. Pretty much. I mean, you you can tell that the the galaxy definitely is uh, lawless at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, did you, we'll talk about it a little bit in in the breakdown, but I almost took that as like, Grief says it still spends. Like he knows that that imperial credits are still good, but it feels like man, the Mandos really got something against the Empire here. At least that's yeah, the way that I took it. More than likely, I think that's it. But it, he also is like, 
it might I, I was thinking like yeah it might spend with only certain types of people yeah it's, it's like, not and, universally accepted i can't use it to bu- fucking buy food or yeah shit. and how, for how much longer is it going to spend yeah exactly so yeah but as i say get, get getting the calamari currency in there that's kind of neat <laughs> Uh, as the Mando's walking through, it, it, I did think it was interesting, Nick. We got no fucking planet names. No, nope, nothing at all. <laughs> so we have no fucking clue where these people are at. Some people are thinking that where he landed, where the B- bounty hunter guild's at, might be Batuu. I have no idea. It's definitely not Tatooine. Uh, who the fuck knows? But wherever they're at, they've got themselves some off-world Jawas. And yes, those are off-world Jawas. They're wearing the different-looking robe. Um, so it's just kind of a nice nod that those little dudes do make it out of their desert home world every once in a while. Yeah, and we were wondering, because we saw toy reveals for those a little while yeah. ago, and we were like, yep. where are we going to get these guys at? Here we go. There you go. They're just hanging out, still trying to hawk fucking robot parts. Yep. Uh, speaking of robot, we got our the bot doorman, the same one that Jabba employed at his palace. It, it, it appears that the client, which is the name we're giving to Werner Herzog's character at this point, uh, but the client's hideout had one of those robot doorman that come out like, do you think that's just like Alexa? Do you think that's just like the typical like rich person, like, you know, the video? Yeah, doorbell? It's, it's it's the Star Wars version of a ring doorbell. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it is a bot. Like, I, I do believe it's a full on bot and it, it it's self-aware, but its only purpose in life is if someone <laughs> knocks on the door to stick your fucking eye out and go, who the fuck are you? See, that's what I was wondering. I was like, is it just the eye? Because, like, in Jabba's Palace, we didn't see any sort of larger droid body connected to it. That's what I mean. It. That yeah, is the droid. The, that like, is it, just it, it. it, like, telescopes into the door. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I guess you could almost call the door the droid. Yeah, almost. Yeah, it was, it was fun to see that, though. Like, sh- little course, shit I mean, like just, that. Such clear nods yeah. to the old trilogy. I mean, it's just like Favreau and Filoni were probably just sitting there with every episode, like, eh, how many can we throw into this one, buddy? Yeah, I know. Like with those two as well, like you're, they're not going to miss anything. Like, no, no. And then what do we see right after that? We get a fucking gonk droid, and he's just <laughs> gonking his he way opens down the, door. the hall. Yep, he, he literally, <laughs> as Nick said, gonks his way. I mean, I, I think I did it in my recap. Gonk, 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 gonk. So that was great. Here's a stupid one, but it's out of the way now. Stormtroopers! Yeah. Duh. Okay. Ton, tons of those. Uh, here, I mean, we've, we've had an idea that the client is pro- probably has Imperial ties, and now it's, it's guaranteed. I mean, I, I'm sure we saw it in the trailers, too, but didn't pay attention. But uh, the client is wearing a very clear and big Imperial medallion around his neck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that basically either sets him off as a moth, possibly a grand moth. I mean, he doesn't look like, if we look at Moff Gideon, he is much more militaristic looking. Oh, than yeah, yeah. Client. I, dude, I, I think the client is, he might have been, who the fuck? A regional knows? governor. I, yeah, like even that. bigger than that. I mean, it, it, it's like, because I, I don't know. I mean, there's a part of him that looks militaristic, but there's another part that he just looks like a, like you said, a governor, an ambassador, Dude, a, a politician sort. Yeah. It would be so, it would be fucked up, but it would also be like, holy shit, I never even considered this. If that dude ended up being Sheev's, like, 
relative, like his brother or something yeah, like there that. There you go. Because like some nepotism definitely happened in the empire. Like, oh yeah, we never of heard about any family, but I'm sure that motherfucker had a cousin hanging around him when he took over the galaxy. He's like, yeah, go ahead, you can have control of this entire sector yeah. of the uh, galaxy. I mean, he's he's definitely a very interesting character. There's no doubt about it. But I mean, he he clearly has ties to the old empire. So as we move on from there, we get to see sadly. <laughs> a Kowakian space monkey being grilled up and another oh, one yeah. in a cage. It looks like they like to eat these things. <laughs> and Kowakian space monkeys, those are your salacious B. Crumb aliens from Return of the Jedi. Uh, up next, we had one of Nick's favorite symbols, hey, and that yeah. is the mythosaur, mythosaur symbol. Yeah. was uh, displayed in, which to me was a huge surprise, but a Mandalorian fucking stronghold. Yeah, I mean, it was essentially like the, the Mandalorian, the remaining Mandalorians have have gathered on this on this planet and now have turned this bunker into their makeshift yeah, that, home that was fucking crazy so yeah. um yeah from there we we got the blurg mounts which were first featured in clone wars we meet kawil finally who fucking fantastic character by the way we'll get into that if i love, love that him. guy love, I spoken. <laughs> love him <laughs> Love Kuwil already one of my favorite Star Wars rando aliens. Yeah, but you had to mention him because he's an Ugnaught, and those were first featured in Empire. Uh, I like this. It's it, at this point in time, Nikto aliens are the de facto henchmen for any Star Wars film, cartoon. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, outside of Niku, I don't think there is a good sold Nikto in the galaxy. Probably not. Yeah, I don't. I can't recall because that whole any. damn base where. Mando's target was holed up in was nothing but different types of Nikto. Yeah, coming out and just getting fucking blasted. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they, the brown ones, the green ones. I think there's some other aliens in there, but it was pr- predominantly Nikto, so I had to throw that in there. Of course, we had to throw in IG-11 because he's a clear nod to 88. Yeah. Fantastic, by the way. I loved it. New Taika would make him fantastic. <laughs> IG-11 got another one. This one I forgot to put in the video, but he literally has a thermal detonator in his chest. That was hilarious, dude. I like, love that <laughs> bit. That whole bit. Like, he's like, nah, we're fucked. I'm going to kill myself. He's like, no, don't do fucked. <laughs> don't fucking It was great. I mean, it's it so, but it made sense. Like, it wasn't slapsticky funny. It was a droid following its programming. That's exactly what a droid would do. Yeah, like, literally, a droid has no, all it has is combat <laughs> assessment, and he's like, 50 versus 1. I, there's no, I'm going to get captured. I have to die. Like, that's it. There is no, like, hoping for the best or, like, figuring your way out of a bad situation. It's just, like, nope. outnumbered, dead. Yep, yep. Can't be captured. I need to die. So that, that was fun. Uh, I, I know I heard this, and I, this is another one I forgot to put in the video, but when the Mando fires a pistol, it sounds just like Django's pistol. Yeah. And then the big one here. Something that literally just blew my mind. I mean... No fucking clue we were going to get this. I mean, Nick and I, we we ran with MSW's leak that there's probably going to be a baby involved, but, and there is, but not a 50-year-old Yoda baby. Yeah, we had no fucking clue. What the fuck? The whole time we're going through the episode, and like, that's in the back of my head. I'm like, baby, there's a baby somewhere. Like, in this motherfucker, there got to be a baby. And then, like, of course, as soon as they walk in, you see that little pod, you're like, yep, that's the baby. Yeah, I was like, that's the baby. And then, like, who's it going to be? It didn't even occur. I'm like, 50 years old. Like, I should have made that connection in my head. Probably, like, 50 years old is definitely a baby. What's the only species that we know for sure has an extended lifetime? And it was like, okay, Yoda. 
And that's exactly what we fucking got, a 50-year-old Yoda baby. We, I don't know if you heard it, but IG even says, he's like, well, you know, some species could live into their centuries. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was like the big fucking like, holy shit. Like we... Yeah, craziness. Yeah, I mean, and this is something that has been a mystery in Star Wars land since Yoda was revealed as a character in episode five. Like... What is this character? What is his race? What does he do? Like anything that has to do with Yoda and his race has never been discovered or discussed in Star Wars lore. And now the Mandalorian is literally up front saying like, this is what we're going to be exploring here. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's nuts. And we'll, we'll really kind of dive into this one as we move into the next part of our Mando breakdown. But yeah, man, I mean, it, great Easter egg even better fucking plot surprise. So uh, that's going to transition us out of the Easter eggs. Now we're going to kind of get into our, you know, some of our favorite moments while we're also going to speculate on some of the, the, the key threads that happen that are probably going to spawn new ones, or at least give us something to speculate on. So Nick, just kind of getting into top moments, like a silly one right off the, right off the bat for me. Actually, let's start with you. Cause I know where you're going for your first top moment. So go ahead. Yeah. I mean, really the first, top moment for me is just like the entire opening sequence with like it you get humor injected into the show right away like with the blue guy coming in and then setting up this 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 weird kind of you know situation with him being under attack by other we assume bounty hunters and then the mando coming in we think that he's pushing these guys off to to, you know, kind of save this guy, but really he's got the puck for this dude. Just so the, just the whole in- interaction in the intro. Yeah. It was, I don't know this, who played that blue guy, but he was a fantastic casting. Because yeah, yeah. He played it like th- this character you tell was, was rich, wealthy, but probably got mixed up with shady shit. And he played that type of character perfectly. And as Nick said, there was a, a nice bit of humor in, in this entire sequence, really all the way until Mando gets to, the bounty hunter guild planet. And that's kind of where my first top moment comes in. It's still attached to Nick's stuff, but I thought it was fascinating that we had a legit conversation in star Wars about how people piss and shit in space. Yeah, I know he's sitting there. He's like, Oh, I got, we know use the- they're called vac tubes, <laughs> vac tubes in star Wars. Literally toilets in star Wars are called vac tubes. I thought that was fucking that was amazing. That was like one of the biggest Star Wars revelations we've ever heard. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, I got to, you know, I got to, you know, I'm molting. So it's taken me a little while. And, you know, I haven't I haven't uh, ev- evacuated since since, you know, the, the earlier cycles. Like, it's just so funny. Like that whole thing was just great. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that that whole scene in the beginning really I think a lot of people went into this 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 show with the expectation that like this is going to be fucking gritty. This is going to be like fucking breaking bad for star Wars. Like this shit's just going to be hardcore all the time. There's going to be, you know, this is not for kids. And then the first fucking scene in the movie is literally about poop jokes, like star Wars poop jokes. Like, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was fantastic. <laughs> I just, I was like, wow, I, I never thought about it, but yeah, you, you'd have to shit and piss on these spaceships. And it's just crazy that they call their toilets vac tubes yeah perfect uh so that that was pretty cool all right what was another another one you had just kind of following along with the chronology of the episode yeah so so we're, let's say we're, we're on the bounty hunter guild planet at this point yeah so we're on the bounty hunter guild planet i mean when we kind of mentioned this in the in the easter eggs but 
the the whole scene once he gets into the Mandalorian compound. Okay, before we get there, because I'm I'm with you. Okay, I'm gonna let's rewind it a bit. And this is more not a top moment, but something I think we should maybe drop our two cents on. And this is the Doctor Pershing character yes. who's working with the client. Yes, Doctor um, Pershing. He- so. Clearly, this is the guy that wants the baby Yoda, and he makes it very clear that he wants him alive. Yeah, so the client is kind of giving the Mando the lowdown on, on you know, what his target is. 50 years old, there's no puck for this. Here's a, here's a locator. Here's the last known location. The client comes out and says, look, alive, you'll get more. I'll take it dead. And then the doctor comes in. He's like, ho, 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 ho. Not dead. We never agreed. Yeah, it's like on that, that's dead. not part of the agreement, and this, that, yeah. and the other thing. So I guess Nick, know what we know now about what the target is. It's a Yoda baby. We have to assume that the Yoda species are just naturally inclined to be very force sensitive. Yep. That's at least that's where I'm running. Like, why else would this Yoda baby be out there? I mean, it's probably the last of its kind. We know Yoda's dead. Yaddle probably died during the purge. purge yep. So, I mean, do you think Pershing is someone that could be potentially working with remnants of the Empire that are trying to rebuild themselves into the First Order? Is he a part of Operation Cinder? Could he be getting directives from Palpatine himself, the Unknown Regions? I mean, this dude... It seems like the fact that they want a Yoda baby, that it's probably going to be used more for than just, we have a Yoda baby, isn't he cute? Yeah, I mean, this dude definitely seems like a Nazi doctor. So let's just put that out there. Like yeah, he's, he's Mangala. Yeah, he's definitely going to be experimenting on this thing. And if we if we jump forward into the age of resistance, specifically towards the um, the time period that we're in now, I mean, like going into Tross, I mean, there's possibilities that you know that that these people, the Empire, the First Order, have have been looking for ways to to essentially harness the force like take the force and not really allow you know nature or the midichlorians to to decide who is a force user and who's not they're, yeah, they're basically trying to science it yeah you know, like marvel shit make yeah. it make a super serum or yeah, something they're exactly trying to do that they're trying to figure out a way to manipulate the the force through chemistry through you know gene manipulation or whatever and this baby like you said is probably inherently force sensitive is like their their one stop shop like if we get this kid then we are cuz in their mind the only other known force sensitive person out there is fucking is is Princess Leia and Luke Skywalker they don't know of any other force sensitives out there they don't know about Kyle Katarn they don't know about any of these other people who eventually would join with Luke Skywalker to make a new academy like they just think that's them two we can't get them find something else um, so that's my thought on, on this guy is like, he, yeah, is... And, the, and the fact that the client's like, Hey, I get it. Bounty hunting is complicated. If you got to waste it, waste it. Cause I could see him going, getting his directives, let's say from a, from a Palpatine or a Palpatine mouth. That's kind of feeding him shit. Like, Hey, if we can't get it to do science on it, to make me stronger or sustain my life, we're better off with that type of species just being off the map. Then we just got to contend with these Skywalker fuckers still. Yeah, exactly. You know what so. I mean? Like, let, let's not let it turn into another Yoda, Cause then we'd really be fucked. Yeah, yeah. So we've um, already got Luke to contend with, and potentially his sister. 
And, you know, she's banging that Han Solo guy, which means we could get some more Skywalker babies out here. Let's let's just get rid of these Yoda species altogether. Minimize the risk for more. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I, I do think that the, the, this Pershing and this tie to this Yoda baby are directly linked to Cinder and eventually the formation of the Order and ultimately Palpatine's endgame. Yeah, yeah, I gotta agree. I really there. do. I just, I don't think anyone else would be concerned with a fucking Yoda baby. Yeah, no. I mean, the only other people who would be concerned with it would be Luke or, you know, Luke Skywalker. If he knew that this baby was out there, he would be fucking keen to find it and protect it from whatever Imperial remnants are out there because. He knows, I mean, like, even him selfishly would know, like, hey, this baby's 50 years old, can't even fucking talk yet, but, like, give this baby... <laughs> stupid baby, stupid yeah. <laughs> Yoda baby, you're 50. You're 50, you can't even fucking talk. You should at least be able to say your own name, dummy. But, yeah, I mean, Luke would know. I could literally have the next generation, not even the next generation, the next 20 generations of Jedi right here with this child, so... Yeah, so um, I, it, that's why I wanted to just stop on Pershing real quick. Yeah. But I, I'm with you that the next whole, like, wow, this is awesome, but also, okay, this is fleshing out the plot a bit. And we need to speculate. And is this Mandalorian hideout? I mean, who knew we would get this so quickly in this series or, or, or at all? I mean, that that surprised me almost as much as the baby Yoda. Yeah, I definitely didn't expect to see a collection of Mandalorians on one planet. Like, I so assumed. Awesome, so yeah. awesome. He yeah. walks down into that, like, fucking... It's kind of like walking down those steps that Luke did to get in the Jabba's palace. It's almost... It's a very similar shot. Yeah. But then when it opens up wide, you see there's, like, little fucking kid mandos running around with their helmets on. Yeah. There's dudes Bunks working everywhere. with their helmets on. Yeah. And when he walks into that forge and that forge masters... I mean, like, one, the fact that the Mandalorians have a forge master is fucking sick. I mean, it's really awesome. But then... Kind of that whole scene that plays out after he gets into the forge and says like, "Hey, you know, here's some here's some Mon Calamari flan, and then also here's some fucking Beskar, like some legit right. Beskar." To which the uh, the blacksmith, who's a female and, and had a badass helmet, by the way, I mean, yeah, it's, it's very uh, Spartan like, if you will. Uh, I mean, all the all the Mandalorian helmets have always kind of looked like the Spartans, but I mean, this one in particular was straight up. She even had like little horns on yeah, it. Yeah, on the top of it. It's <laughs> fucking badass. But as Nick said, when when she sees the Beskar steel, she's like, "Oh, good." You know, she she implies like, "Thank God." I mean, this this was stolen from us, yeah, more or less. And I mean, this- if you look at the steel, if you look at the Beskar. You know it hurts those mandos that it has that fucking imperial. Oh, stamp it's got the imperial it. stamp because those assholes were using it as as currency. I yeah. mean, it, it, essentially, it sounds like it, Beskar steel is t- gold to us, to them. Yeah, exactly. Like as gold is to us, Beskar is to them. Except, you know, outside of being a, a very precious metal, it's also a hell of a uh, a metal to use for armor. Yeah, and this is where we kind of you know this scene breaks down what we were kind of speculating on during the trailers for the Mandalorian, Matt, you brought up multiple times. Like sometimes we see him in like full new shiny armor. And then sometimes we see him in shit armor. It's kind of weird. And now we know why that's happening. I mean, essentially it sounds like throughout the season, he's going to be getting more and more Beskar steel from doing jobs, or maybe he just steals the rest from the client at this point. Who knows what's going to happen with the way it ends. You'd think he probably has a target on his back at this point. Uh, but maybe he does take it back, and once he realizes that the client's going to do something shady, that's when he runs with it. Either way, the dude's getting more Beskar steel. Yeah, yeah. Because we know he's going to get a full set crafted. 
Uh, but some other cool things about this Mando hideout. I mean, we, we got some new concepts thrown at us, Nick. The first one being, and I had to like do a double take. I'm like, have we heard this before or not? And that is the idea of, of the concept of foundlings. And you and I were kind of spitballing what that could mean. In summary, we kind of think it of as either when Mandalore was being ravaged by the Clone Wars and the Imperial War, you know, you had a lot of Mandalorian children probably being orphaned from their parents dying, and they become foundlings when other surviving Mandalorians take them and kind of co-opt them into their clan. We also spitballed that maybe Mandalorians that went off-world could potentially take in uh, these foundlings to essentially... They're essentially Padawans, right? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're Jedi they're... Padawans, but they're Mandalorian Padawans. Exactly. We learned that he himself was a foundling. Yep. We get some flashbacks, which probably hint that his parents were killed during the Clone Wars. Um, but he also, there's something she said, and I tried to look this up. It has your crest But did you notice when she said, do you have a signet yet? Yeah, yeah. I thought, see, like, that's, yeah, that's what I meant. I thought, I thought it, she said something like, has your crest been revealed yet? And he said no. But yeah, So I looked signet. up what signet is. It, it's essentially, it means like a baby swan, but a swan that has kind of been taken over by others, I believe. So uh, to me, it sounds like he may be getting assigned a foundling at some point. Yeah, I mean, that could definitely be. I mean, I, I'm just, again, just fucking spitballing here. Yeah, I mean, that could definitely be what's happening. I mean, I, I believe doubt... she said, has your signet been named yet? Yeah, yeah. I'd have to, I have to go back and watch shit now. Yeah, I'm going to go back and watch it in that part, uh, like kind of listen in. But I took. I know it that's to what mean, you said. But if you look up signet, it's like how are they spelling it? And yeah. the one I spelled it C Y G net. Yeah. And lo and behold, it, it is something about how it's a baby swan that I believe gets co-opted by other swans because its parents are gone. Yeah. And I mean, so it sounds like Mandalorians almost had a Padawan system for these foundlings. Yeah. And I don't think that that you know Cara Dune is going to be his signet because she's far too no, old no, no, to not be that not for those people thinking that. But like. When I first heard it and when I heard Signet, I was like, oh, does, does like, is that like his, his family seal? Like he said, that of course, his right. Was, is, is he a Wren? Is, yeah. is he a, I hate, I always want to say Fett, but the Fets weren't fucking Mandalorians, damn it. I, even, even Disney and Lucasfilm marketing implies that they were. I know. It's really, it's so of... dumb. I mean, Django was a jerk off that literally fucking stole the armor. Yeah. I don't think they, they will never. Unless they c- kind of confront that in this se- in this show, which I think would be interesting if they did, because I mean there's still a lot of things out there about Boba and everything like that. So I mean we may end up coming across them in this. Yeah, series. Like the original tagline is like, oh, yeah, they, they were made famous by Jango and Boba, and now meet the Mandalorian. It's like they weren't fucking Mandalorian. But like it, for those of us who were at celebration like Favreau and Filoni called that out specifically in the panel. They, I think it was Favreau who said. Boba Fett and Jango Fett were not Mandalorians. Like this guy is. This is a Mandalorian. Like the, our Mandalorian is a Mandalorian. <laughs> so, yeah. And just even after his first episode, it, it's clear that this guy would have walked circles around Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah. I, think I mean, so. Bo- Boba Fett can't even fucking fire off his his uh, grappling hook without fucking up. Yeah, I mean, this the, the fucking Mando. 
grappling hooks a dude as he's running through a door, dodges a shot, and then shoots him in the head while he's on the ground. (laughs) Yeah, chops him in half with the door controls. He's fantastic. So the one other thing I want to talk on with the Mando hideout before we move on to the next top moment or speculative moment is – uh, th- this blacksmith mentions the the Great Purge, and that's yeah. how you know a bunch of foundlings were made. And Nick and I were spitballing it. You know, is that a reference? Is that what the galaxy was calling the Jedi Purge, or was there some Mandalore-specific purge that that saw a lot of essentially orphans be created by the parents getting killed? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not clear and it's not out there, at least in canon that I'm aware of yet. If you if you go on to any of the Star Wars, you know, knowledge downloads on the internet and you type in the Great Purge, basically you get the Great Jedi Purge, which is Order 66. That's how it was referred to uh, along with the code designation. But the, you don't really find anything on a specific purge about... Right. And Mandal- I, I just personally, I don't think Mandalorians would have named the Jedi Purge the Great Purge. I don't think they would have really given two shits. Yeah, no. And I mean, if it, it would be too far to go back to the Mandalorian Wars. I mean, Mandalorian Wars is back literally Revan and Malak days. Like, they were fighting the Mandalorian Wars. That was 3,000 yeah, years I ago. mean, this is something that is specifically reflected in his flashbacks. So I mean, maybe they called the Clone Wars the Great Purge. I don't know. But yeah. that's kind of what it sounds like. It was it was interesting. I mean, really, the whole Mandalorian hideout was a great little su- surprise. I mean, I, I didn't see it coming, just like the Baby Yoda. Hey, maybe this Mandalorian show's good, right, people? Could be. All right, moving on, Nick. What do you got next after the Mandalorian hideout? I mean, the next up for me was just storming the compound. So, like, you okay, get your Okay, well, boundary. I got one before that, okay. so I'll go. And it just, again, I just want to give a shout-out to my homeboy, Kuil. Kuil, yes. I, I thought their exchange was awesome. He's he's already one of my favorite characters. As Nick said, he's got this saying, essentially, <laughs> instead of telling people to shut the fuck up, he just says, I have spoken. Yeah, I know. It's great. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. It's like he lays down, like, this is what we're doing, this is what we're doing, this is what we're doing. Then the Mando could say something, and he just goes, I have spoken. Yeah, I know. It was per- like, he essentially, was... you know, shut the fuck up, what I say goes. Yeah. and. He just, he seemed like a genuinely good-natured character. Um, he was there to help. He was helping because he knew if he got this shit off of his planet, he would get his peace back. Yeah. Uh, I just, I liked it all. I liked the little training segment on the Blurgs. That was fun. The little hovel segment and just their introduction was, was kind of cool. So if, the, if that's all we get at Kuil, fucking ace job, Nick Nolte. Yeah, I know, right? Ace he job, fucking dude. nailed it. So Perfect. one the one thing I liked about the Blurg scene was and and, and I'm I really hope shit like this comes up you know later in the series. I mean, I'm you know, we know we're getting season 2, but he's like, you know, Mando sitting there he's struggling to ride this Blurg. He's like this is bullshit. I can't do it. And and Kuil literally turns to him and says like your ancestors rode the mythosaurs yeah like you, that that is your your bloodline that is your ancestry and you can't even ride this fucking little fucking blurg it so i'm like i really hope that somehow i mean i'm pretty sure that mythosaurs are all extinct um at least as far as we know um, that'd be wild if it, see but, that shit yeah but like if a fucking mythosaur were to come back into this into this show and we see like a mythosaur 
Yeah, in, in real life. That'd be nuts. Did you notice though how he kind of crocodile Dundeed the blurb after the blurb after getting that pep talk? Yeah, like he was like kind of why he didn't do the full on like yeah, but he kind of it's almost like he was uh, using the force or something. Yeah, there. No. like it was. Calm it was, down. I'm with you. Let me on. Let's go. Yeah, it was kind of like what what uh, what Anakin did to that reek. On in in episode two, where like yeah, he, exactly. he very obviously used the force on right, him, though, like. right. But hey, you never know. He's a foundling, whatever the fuck that is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe okay. So yeah, moving on to the compound uh, siege. That was fucking great. It was, just and so and good. I I chalk it up first and foremost to IG Eleven and Taika and the lines they had written for him because you know Mando's there he's trying to be stealthy. And then as he's you know, zooming in, he sees the fucking bounty hunter bot, and he's just like, oh, fuck. Like, he knows he knows his operation's screwed at this point. Yeah. And sure enough, IG's like, I'm here to get this motherfucker. And they're like, what? And he just starts like, fucking blasting everybody. It was so great, He shoots the Mando when he first sees him. The Mando's like, yo, chill. I'm in the guild, dude. Here's my fob. And it was fun to see that then IG's like, oh, okay, yeah. That's team up. All right, yeah, that deal's fair. I mean, the whole fucking exchange with IG and Mando was was amazing. I mean, we already riffed on the <laughs> he wanted to commit suicide over and over when he thought all hope was lost. That was great. Um, I, I loved when the Mando's like, yo, just run out there and draw their fire. <laughs> he runs out. He's like, ah, and get he, fucking blasted right away. Yeah, no, he gets fucking blasted to shit, <laughs> ends up on the ground. Like, I assumed right there, I was like, holy shit, this fucking dude is dead already. But then yeah. he gets up. He's like, "They missed my wiring harness." <laughs> I was oh, like, okay. just the whole thing, and th- then just the visuals and the action sense of it. I mean, the, oh, the, the yeah. shootout was great, but when they made that move and he goes out and grabs that floating Gatling gun, it's just like, yeah, you know. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's the Mando. Yeah, dude, it was that whole scene was so incredibly well well shot, well executed by Filoni. I mean, keep in mind, people watching this who have watched the animated Star Wars series previously. Like, this is Dave Filoni's first foray into oh, dude, live it's action the, Star It is Wars. the best live action shootout I've ever seen in Star Wars. Oh, yeah, by far. I, I mean, mean think, think of another one that, that matches that. Just yeah. a, a, a nonstop sequence of a firefight. Yeah, I mean, it was close. very Old West. It's something you'd see in a, in a Wild West town, the shootout at the saloon. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, I mean, it was perfectly executed by Filoni. And I mean, it sets up this show perfectly because you're like, okay, you're watching it and you're like, all right, we got some good little action beats here, get some good stuff there. And then you have this entire action set piece that leads into the end of the episode perfectly. Um, And I like how they're like, oh, Mando's like, oh, I get, don't worry, cover me, I'll get the door. And he's just sitting there fucking with it, nothing, and they like shoot it, and he's like, ah, fuck, I can't get it. And then they even early early on, the IGs, when they make the deal, IGs like, but I still get the reputation credits, right? Yeah. (laughs) yeah. What the fuck? It's like, IG is, dude, he was so. He's great. I mean, IGs, and, you know, sadly, he's probably gone because as we move into the last top moment or speculative moment one that i don't think we have to go much further in and that that was the re- reveal the yoda baby but yeah i guess the one thing we could talk about nick uh i think we talked about this offline online i can't remember at this point but it, it the direct the directives to the mando were clear yeah bringing the target back alive was preferred and you make more money but the client also said hey i get it if you got to waste it that's fine but you're gonna make less all right so 
he then sees IG there, and the first thing that was kind of curious, he goes, I didn't know anyone was at, on this bounty because it was secret. It was for this client. But then as they get into the stronghold and find Yoda Baby, IG doesn't have a second fucking thought about wasting it. Because no, he's yeah. like, you know, my directive is to kill it. We'll never find out why this thing's 50 years old and it looks like a baby. And what do you get? I loved how they shot this, by yeah, the way. Me this, too. this would had to have been Filoni because he directed this. But y- all you see is the Mando just kind of staring at this baby, and you can tell that it has affected him. Yeah. And off screen, you hear a blaster bolt, and you're kind of thinking, like, wow, did they really just fucking waste that baby? And then you hear a clunk, and you see Mando just fucking took his sidearm out without looking and shot IG right in the fucking head. Yeah, I know. That was because, like, my heart kind of jumped, too, because I was watching. I was like, huh. I literally went like, huh. I was like, holy shit, did they really just kill this baby? But, yeah, I mean, it was perfectly executed shot loved by Filoni. I mean, loved it. I mean, that is and, cinematography 101 right there. That, yeah. that was an excellent way to frame that that scene. So, I mean, Nick, we, we've kind of, I think, said everything you can about the Yoda baby, and we, we yeah. tied him back to the Pershing and... Are they? Do they want him for his potential force abilities? Do they just want him off the map? That type of thing. But I mean, you just got to mention that that w- had to have just been the one of the biggest Star Wars shocks you've probably ever witnessed. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, there was no hint anywhere online. Like you could go. I don't care if you were on Star Wars leaks every day of your life on Reddit. No, I mean, the baby concept. Yes, MSW yeah. definitely nailed that, and Nick and I riffed on that multiple times. But the. But it being a Yoda species was never out there. Like, no, no. I, I, I tell my wife, I was like, I am a hardcore motherfucking Star Wars fan. Like, hardcore. I create Star Wars content. I speculate my ass off every week. And in my wildest dreams, I never would have cooked up the, this concept. Never. No, no, not at all. Like, you assume, because Yoda is one of those characters that's like, he's untouchable like you figure that like okay well yoda is yoda and then that's really gonna be like you're never gonna get another yoda and that's what's fan well, we got yaddle yeah we got yaddle in what what two scenes and what, what in do the, you think this one's name's gonna be if we're just using just, george's naming conventions oh yodel God. yeah yodel yoda yaddle and yodel yodi what if this is the baby of yaddle and yoda that would be quite the fucking head turner. Did you ever see GMY actually like getting freaky though? I don't know, dude. If it was going to happen, it would have to happen with Yaddle because there's I don't I couldn't <laughs> see those like I one I don't think that he is a is a is a race that could cross breed. <laughs> and two Yeah, man. I mean like that would be the I, weirdest shit. I don't shit even ever. look at Yoda and consider that he has a penis to be honest with you. Dude, maybe they're just like, like, I, like... I think procreation to that guy was so far from his thoughts. Oh, like, yeah. It wasn't even in the realm of uh, of what he would I mean, think he, about. he was Jedi philosophy 101. I mean, he he went right... He stuck to the book. Yeah. But no that outside means that there are fucking... There are other Yoda species out there, which we knew they existed. Uh, I, I'm going with this is, probably th- this is probably it. I think this is the last of its kind. Yeah. I mean... We've Just never to seen add any some more ones. kind of specialness to the fact that it's out there and the and the Mando has it now. Yeah, and it's just like the story that's going to come out of this is going to be so because like 
how the fuck did this baby end up in this compound? What? Where are the baby's parents? Yeah, what I mean, Kuil makes it sound like the baby's been in that compound for a while, and people have been coming in droves to try to fucking get it. Yeah, he's like, yeah, they send mercenaries here all the time. There's right. like ever since so. he's like, ever since this arrived, it's been a never-ending string. Yeah, of I mercenaries. mean, clearly this Yoda baby is massive, and I can't wait to see what happens next. So that kind of wraps up our Mandalorian S one E one breakdown, top moments, speculative smorgasbord, or whatever you want to call it and we'll keep doing that like i said if you just want your pure easter egg breakdowns or recap and review we got those for you video style on the site starwarstime.net or on youtube.com slash star wars time show all right so nick this moves us into our top five star wars artist features of the week but before we get there i've got a special announcement a huge announcement that is meant for you toy collectors toy photographers star wars fan artists and that is the fact that StarWarsTime.net has partnered up with our friends over at the Exclu Collective. And I'm sure you know that name if you're on Instagram and you participate in the toy photography hobby. Uh, Jack and I, we've been buddies for a few years. I, I've contributed to Exclu, done some posts for them. Uh, we, we just felt it was a good time to kind of link up the two sites. So StarWarsTime.net, ExcluCollective.com, we have formed a partnership. Not a shit, a ship, mm-hmm. right? I didn't say that. I never said shit. I said ship. And, and you know, Jack and that team, they're going to they're gonna share some of our content on that site. We'll talk about some of their content on the podcast and potentially link to it on StarWarsTime.net. So I just wanted to get that announcement out there. I mean, check it out. Jack's kind of put out something similar on ExcluCollective.com as well as ExcluCollective on IG. So that, that's pretty awesome for us. Hopefully we can give each other cross-exposure and build up these platforms to even bigger things than they are now. All right, Nick, there you go. Let's go ahead and get into this top five. I have not seen any of them yet, so I'm excited to see who you picked. Yes, the top five. All right, there we go. First up, we have a figure that has never been featured in the top five before, but an artist who has. So the the shot here is coming from Klaatu on Instagram at K-L-A-A-T-O-E. Very appropriate Star Wars name, by the way. I know, right? It is. It's it just good. sounds like, I think there was a Klaatu. There is. There is a Klaatu, and he is a Nikto, by the there way. There you go! Which See? they just completely, they just they just took that from the day the Earth stood still, and they were like, you know what? If they we're going to have a Nikto species, we're going to name one of them Klaatu. So, there you go. Um, but yeah, so this is from Klaatu, and what we see is a second sister, um, you know, figure here and this is the first time that we're seeing a second sister figure in the top five and it is also leading up to the long awaited release of jedi fallen order so i mean this shot was really cool you have some clatchy's got some really good atmospheric effects in here too and then obviously with the second sister just the the lightsaber the style of the lightsaber that inquisitor style lightsaber that we see in in, in rebels is always really cool to be featured in a shot. Yeah, I'll tell you what. What caught me with this shot here is, like you said, it's the atmosphere, in particular the lighting up at the top. Yeah, uh, I'm a fan, and I'm trying to get better at this and practice more at really getting a nice shine from behind or on the top and then kind of getting that atmosphere to accentuate the light source. And I think Klaatu kind of nailed that there. Plus, you kind of got some little particles there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I did a nice job on the helmet. Those are always can get a little touchy when you try to light up stuff that isn't lit up on a figure. But yeah, it's just, I mean, th- she's a good-looking figure. I have her, too. I've done a few shots, just have an editor. Big fucking surprise. That's kind of how <laughs> I roll. I shoot and then let them sit on my iPad until I get better, and then I release my old stuff so it still looks like I suck. There you go. Uh, 
but that's for me to figure out, not Clatu. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, great shot here from Clatu. I, I have a feeling we're going to learn a lot more about Second Sister come Friday. Though. Oh yeah, absolutely, and we we can expect to see more Second Sister shots as well once Jedi Fall Fallen Order drops. Um, all right, so at K L A A T O U on Instagram. Well done, sir. Oh, here's a new one. This is a new one. This is a new entry into the top five, and this is from uh, got Joe. Your, your T- trooper fetish going? Yeah, I know. I got you. Got to get him in. <laughs> you got to get him in. Yeah. Um, so Joto SW Collector is the name of the account here. Um, he is the new entry to the top five, and then what we have is a fantastic shot of some troopers, um, and then we have is that Rex there on the left, or is that? Yeah, Rex, Rex, Rex. You got Rex Wolf and yeah. oh, damn it, Cody. Cody is the orange one. Yes. Um, so we have all like a lot of the named troopers from um, Star Wars: Clone Wars, and then obviously Cody made his way all yeah, the, the way. The only into the two movies. that are missing are Fox and Gree in terms of who have been made for Black Series figures. Yeah. Um, so this is actually a really cool shot here. So you see them having conversation, and it seems like you know Cody is is having a, a pointed conversation. He's kind of leaning over the table, giving a finger. And it, I just think that the yeah, setup is like, hey, Rex, really cool. put your fucking helmet on because your blonde hair looks stupid. Yeah, it's like, what is with this hair, guy? <laughs> okay. He's like, if you keep dyeing your hair, it's going to make you go, go bald in your old age. And sure, sure enough, enough, it did. <laughs> but You should have listened to Cody, motherfucker. You know what I like here, Nick? I just I like the props. I mean, that yeah. has to be just like a little teeny-weeny plastic container. Yep. That's their table. Uh, I'm not sure what he's got on there as a light source, if that was added in post, but it, the, it almost looks like a light source because you're getting some reflections off of the characters. You are. And what I think like what I think he's trying to create here, and Johto, if you're listening to it, it almost looks like he's trying to create like a galaxy map. Like if Yeah, you yeah, look exactly. At it, yeah. I mean, a hollow table of sorts, yeah. but like a war room one where they could pull up the battlefield, this, that, and the other thing. Yeah, so it was a really fun. This is... Um, so this is apparently 3.75. These are 3.75 inch figures. So this is, uh, that's what he's got tagged black series, 3.75 inch. So. Yeah. I'm going to go with no, no, <laughs> you just threw that tag on there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, let's be real. I have, I have a fucking list of tags that I copy and that's paste true. every day. And I forget sometimes to, to remove a few, but I do not believe any of these were made for the 375. These are all standard six-inch black series. Okay, gotcha. But doesn't yeah. matter. I mean, it's still, it's still a great shot. Yeah, it's, it's a nice little scene shot, as I like to call it. Do you know what I just noticed, too? Fucking Rex has his pistol drawn. Like, look Yeah, that's what I mean. He's, now he's going like, fuck you. I like my hair, motherfucker. Yeah, I'll I know. Like, they're about to just get into a real <laughs> scrap And here. Wolf's sitting there like, oh, shit, like, which one's going to shoot first? These fucking guys. But, yeah, I mean. Yeah, was, look at these two assholes. <laughs> you can't ever get them together. Fantastic job here by Johto SW Collector on Instagram. So, welcome to the top five, sir. Um, next up now, Matt, you are fucking love this. You are a, a, a longtime friend of of this fellow here at one six underscore shooter on Instagram. Yeah, man. Trevor's an ace. Does one six typically do Lego shots? Apparently before I became aware of him, it it was one of his go-to. I mean, Trevor has some, I'm talking like Lego movie, Lego movie studio quality Lego shots on his profile. You just got to scroll a bit. 
Uh, it's insane. I mean, yeah, he calls himself one six shooter. The guy can shoot fucking any scale. It doesn't matter. I mean, he is a professional photography artist. There's no doubt about it. So I, I was happy to see that he got his hands on some Legos and he was doing some Lego shots again. Because Trevor always does everything practical. Everything you see in the shot, I guarantee, was real. Gosh, this is... Guarantee there's little sets behind these guys. That lighting's real in the background. That's probably not a... That's not a digital sun. That's probably a light. It just... I mean, he even got Legos to look like they're in action without even using putty. Yeah. You know, some of the shots we've seen, he may have pulled his one arm joint out a little bit but you know we've seen some shots where you can tell they, they've had to kind of move the head down and stick it on with putty or a leg to make it bend ways legos don't bend but trevor didn't even do that i mean it's just it, it's a fantastic shot of the mando and his buddy ig11 and it literally looks i want to see the base raid now with these two guys yeah i know it'd be fucking fantastic i was about to say that like if you've seen the mandalorian when you're watching or listening to this podcast like you're like holy shit this came from the compound raid that we just saw at the end of episode one. I mean, this is some fantastic shit here. Um, but like you said, I mean, Trevor is a consummate professional. The dude is a killer, and it doesn't matter what he's shooting. Yeah, um, he, I think he put out another Mando Lego piece, did, too. Yeah. So everyone should go check him out. One six underscore shooter. Uh, anything he puts out is just, it's art. I mean, the guy takes his time. We talked about this kind of with Jason last week, Jason B. Michael. You know, it, it's it's weird that if you take your time and you, you do a setup and you plan it out and you get the lighting and the props and everything, you can produce some really fucking quality looking shots. Yeah. Unlike my dumbass is like, oh shit, I got two hours. I'm going to throw out a couple box of figures and some backgrounds and see what we do. <laughs> and that's what you get. That's what I did this weekend, literally. My kid was driving me nuts in the morning. I was like, fuck it. I'm not going out with you guys. I went outside, brought my box out. Looked at it. I was like, okay, I'll grab the 1-6 mall and see if I can do some more shots. And here we go. And here. And guess what? They're all sitting on my iPad, unprocessed. <laughs> just waiting. <laughs> waiting for an extra, an extra two hours to yeah, come up. Yeah, I, just, I need to. I mean, maybe when she gets older. And, uh, I was going to say, um, give, it, give it like 10 years. Uh, I know, like, I know. <laughs> I just, it, it's the, the time and just thinking about it. Sometimes it gets me itchy. But, hey, yeah. if I want to create art like this one six shooter guy, I guess that's what yeah. you need to do. One six Trevor, by the way, member of the X Cool Collective. So, yeah, exactly. There. So, hey, we're buddies already. There we through go. Through the force, we've uh, teamed up. Um, yeah, I picked these top five before I even found out about our affiliation. So, <laughs> there we go. See? Uh, see, it's just the force, baby. Meant, meant to be. Um, next up, we have another new top five entrant here, and this is Chevy Two Who with another kind of, this is another, you know, uh, Age of the Republic kind of shot, and we have uh, General Kenobi up it's front. A, it's a mashup version too. Yeah, I mean, th- so this is the mashup is on. So is it like a kit bashed? Um, yeah. Kenobi? So here, here's what we got here. This is what I'm going to speculate on. The body is from the uh, Derpy One Kenobi, <laughs> which was the first Black Series Kenobi released probably five years ago. I mean, he looks derpy as fuck. Okay. The head is from the new General Kenobi Walgreens exclusive, and that robe has to be a custom. I was going to say, the robe, it's, I mean, like, if you look that, at That the, robe is to die for. Yeah. Like, whoever made this, I need about five of these. Yeah. Chevy Tuhu, if you're the one who, who cooked up this robe that you have on the, uh, on the general here, you know, let Matt know, and he may... It's, <laughs> it's perfect. He I mean, it, it makes the shot. I mean, it... it you can see the hood lays down flat like it should. 
Uh, I would love to see one with it on to see if it actually folds over and frames his face or if it sticks up like a condom tip, like <laughs> the fucking ones from Hasbro. Uh, but yeah, I just like it. I mean, it just it's the general, right? It's, yeah, it's Mr. Fantastic. Hello there. And then right behind him, we have Cody again on his left, and then he's flanked by the rest of his uh, his cadre of troopers. It looks like these, you know, they're getting ready to storm Utapau in episode three. Yeah, so. I mean, that, that essentially was his battalion, the yeah. motherfuckers that turned on, on him eventually when he was riding that stupid-ass bird lizard thing. I had one of those as a mount. Actually, I, I think I have two of those as a mount in SWOTOR in Star Wars Old Republic. <laughs> you could get, <laughs> dude, you could get anything as a mountain. So it was so, I had a Rancor. I had like a big yeah, ass that, fucking. That, I would have whipped a rancor. Yeah, I, I I whipped that for a while. They have like a lot of like speeder cars. There's like a luxury speeder boat. There's one that is literally modeled after Jabba the Hutt's pleasure barge. I had that one. Fuck I had yeah. a gun dark. I had a, a rancor. <laughs> I had a ton of shit. It was that game was fun for a, and they actually just had a new content drop. I think recently too. I know that that game's basically dead now, but um, it was really fun. If you haven't played through the old content and, and done some of the Revan content as well. It's, it's worth playing. Um, all right. So Chevy to who on Instagram, Chevy to the number two and then who on uh, IG. So fantastic work there with the general and his troopers as Matt put it in the SWT caption. Um, the final entrant into this week's top five is another brand new person um to make the top five and this is kang guido or kang dio k-a-n-g hey, dude i'll tell you what i i think we're i don't know if it's ig or what but we definitely have a large contingent of indonesian fans yeah and i believe okay. kang is a is a part of them i think uh, ray the zero three guy yeah uh, there, there's a bunch of them, but they're the ones that are re- religiously tagging, hashtagging, so on and so forth. So we love you. Yeah, it's fantastic. They love us in Indonesia. They may not love us anywhere <laughs> else, but they love us in Indonesia. And in Australia. <laughs> yes, that, I mean, that is our number one fan, That's my our, man Greg, our super fan. Yeah, I saw him. I, Greg is 100% our number one fan. Yeah, I saw another one of his uh, his his SWT mashup shots earlier when I was scrolling through the, the feed today. It was fantastic. <laughs> oh, he was showing me some shit. He had, he had our heads <laughs> photoshopped onto stormtrooper bodies. <laughs> I don't know what he's up to, but he, he asked me, he's like, is this Nick? I'm like, yeah, that's him. He's putting something together. He's cooking yeah, like, something. Yeah. Up. I mean, God only knows what Greg's up to, but I love the guy. I mean, <laughs> like I said, we still, every morning as he's going to bed and I'm getting up, we have our little chat. And then usually every night as he's getting up and I'm getting ready to go to bed, we have another one. There you go. That's how it goes. So our buddy Greg. Um, But this one here from Kang Dio is a, is actually a really cool Ray shot that uses again, like we probably have some, some post-processing effects down here for the atmosphere and just like the the way that the lightsabers lit is actually really cool. It looks like it's, yeah, it's diffusing kind of through flo- like fog or something. Yeah, um, and basically it's a shot of Ray from her back. So you're seeing the back of her kind of saber out ignited to the side, and you still see if you look on her right hip, she does have the Han Solo pistol lashed to her side, and she stays. Oh, yeah. Well, this is the new Tross Ray, Nick. So okay, she, she she always has her little gun, and you know they they kind of keep her her tunic the same but i mean really to me this shot i mean all the stuff you said 100 percent agree 
I love the pose. It's such yeah. a Ray pose. It's perfect. Yeah. I mean, this is, it's fucking fantastic. And like the way that she's kind of got her head tilted to the side. Exactly. I mean, like everything about this posing is fantastic. Yeah, she just, in the pose screams, I am a bad bitch. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking great. Um, and then like this, I was trying to figure out, I don't know if you know what it is, but like what's right in front of her to me, it looked like an ad at leg, but I can't really tell. It might just be some, some random, you know, hey, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I just kind of took it as just like a random structure she's posing in front of. Yeah, yeah. Maybe but I, like, I do see where there, it does look like there's some sort of mechanical joints there, too. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe you could take it as a piece of the Death Star wreckage um, that she might encounter in, in yeah, Tross or something like that. But I mean, overall, I like the atmosphere. I love the pose and just the way that he has this diffusion on the lightsaber glow is fantastic. So Kang Dio knocked out the park with this one. Well done, sir. At Kang Dio, K-A-N-G-D-I-O underscore on Instagram. So fantastic work. And that brings us to the end of our top five for the week. All right, rock and roll. As always, Nick has five great choices out of my plethora of shots that I line up throughout the week. This week, uh, today I was... Nah, I still got, I think, eight out, but it was, it was a weird day. It's fucking Mando it's Day, Mando people. Give day. me a break. Uh, but, you know, it's there's always plenty to share, and you know what you can do to get featured, right? Hashtag Star Wars Time Show on Instagram, or tag us at Star Wars Time Show on Instagram. But we love the hashtag, because then you let people know that you know that we're awesome. So it's that time of the cast to say goodbye, my friends. I know it's kind of long, but hey, it was... Mandalorian S1E1. We had to get at that off our chest. We'll be back with another episode this week to talk a little resistance. And who knows, maybe we'll talk some other Mando stuff, shit we may have forgotten. You never know. But we always make time for Star Wars because there's always time for Star Wars time, right? And we need you. We need you to be our friends. We need you to listen around, have a powwow, share with your buddies, your family. And you can do that by going to StarWarsTime.net and getting yourself subscribed to the podcast if you're not already subbed up. Trust us, being a subscriber is huge for us. We appreciate the listens and the comments and all that fun stuff, but we need those numbers to go to people and say, look, people like us as Star Wars voices. So please help us out, StarWarsTime.net. Get subscribed to the podcast. We have pretty much every platform you could want. And while you're there, you can also get yourself looped into our YouTube channel. There's a nice little graphic in the sidebar that says subscribe, I believe. And it's got our little fat faces on there, so you can't miss it. And if you're just here for the toy photography, don't forget to check out the Exclude Collective at ExcludeCollective.com or Exclude Collective on Instagram. They, they have competitions, sometimes do giveaways. Uh, they'll also also ask you to f- feature art on their page or maybe in one of their magazines. So definitely want to check it out if you're into the toy photography, toy collecting space. That is xlucollective.com. But you know, you guys still love us boys at StarWarsTime.net because there's always time for Star Wars Time. And remember, if you listen to the Star Wars Time Show podcast, the Force will be with you always. Always. <laughs>